Welcome to Dr. Jeffrey Ross, Looking Good and Feeling Great podcast, live from Las Vegas, with his co-host, Daryl Craig Harris. Hello, hello. This is Dr. Jeffrey Roth, your board-certified plastic surgeon in Las Vegas, Nevada, coming at you yet again. New year and uh, new season, and we're back. Who would have thunk it? I know. 2024. That's crazy, right? <laughs> it is It is crazy. So absolutely right. And and crazier still, and we'll talk a little about this cast uh, here, is believe it or not, we've been back in Vegas, and the practice has been open for 20 years. So for those of you who are kind of just tuning in, a local kid uh, moved up to Vegas with my family back in 1977, went to high school here, Chaparral High School for us cowboy alums, and went away for forever for training and came back and hung out the shingle about 20 years ago. So yeah, we were counting the rings the other day and we're like, holy smokes, how did that happen? So, yeah. And it's, I mean, people here 20 years for the practice, but of course it goes way back because how many years were you in, in school? Because you had uh, residency and- Yes. So uh, so that's uh, well, basically forever. Uh, <laughs> it is, all my, all my all my good years are uh, yeah, wasted. Uh, no. So basically post-secondary education meeting- college and uh, med school and 10 years afterwards. So 18 years mm -hmm. of formal education to finally come back and uh, put out my shingle. And I was uh, 36 years old, I guess, if I'm counting that back right. Yeah. Then you get to go ahead and start. So when you guys started the business, I mean, that's something we had talked about before. So obviously it's a medical practice, but it's also a business. So what were the challenges when you originally got going and setting up? Oh, there was a tremendous amount of challenges in, in as much as you go ahead and you go to study 18 years, you're working 120 hours a week, and you're doing all that stuff that, you know, is in the movies and okay, sure. And then you finally come out and you can go ahead and work for a university and be an academic guy. You can work at a private practice place, et cetera. So it turned out that I want to go ahead and put my shingle out and, and do that. And right. so I went to the hospital to uh, go ahead and get privileges and all that. And they said, oh, yeah, you go, you should go ahead and see Selma Bartlett over at Bank of Nevada. And I'm yeah. like, oh, oh, okay. So I go, and again, of all those years of training, I got zero days of business. Yeah, because they don't—they don't, they don't, they don't really tell you about so, that. Yeah, right? no, at, at this point, at that, at that point, I was trained to crack open a chest in a hallway and stick my thumb in somebody's heart. I can open up a brain and suck out clot. I can do all of that kind of stuff. But somebody handed me a profit and loss. I'm like, what's this? I'm right. like, really, doc? And so I had no idea. So I go in and I see Miss Bartlett over at Bank of Nevada. I walk in, very nice uh, gal. She says. You know, we read a little bit about you. Okay, we know where you trained, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. She says, um, you have student loans, right? He says, yeah. So, so you're- <laughs> I have a lot of student yeah, loans. <laughs> yeah, so, so you're underwater. So yeah. He says, you don't have any money. Like, do you? Like, no. He says, uh, you need some money to start your practice. I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she says, uh, okay. She says, uh, how much you want? I says, I have no idea. And she says, I think you need 250. I'm like, okay. Right. And she says, all right, we'll go over there and sign those papers. I'm like, uh, all right. Yeah, it has to be a little overwhelming, right? Oh, oh absolutely. And you got to hire a staff. You got to do no all idea stuff. what I was doing. And uh, it was somebody. And she was awesome. And she says, mm -hmm. yeah, fine. And later, 15, almost 20 years later, I went back and I said, Mrs. Barton, she had retired by then, et cetera. And she put about at least half the doctors here in Las Vegas in practice. That's amazing. At least half. Yeah. I said, um, why did you take a chance on me? Mm -hmm. She says, well, you were from here. You were well-trained. You tell you're a go-getter. You're going to be fine. And she says... In my experience, the doctors says we've 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 never had a default. Now we've had divorces, we've had partners split up, we've had nightmares and everything else like yeah. that. But as a rule, you guys, your ROI is good because your 
you're basically responsible and yeah. it's a priority. Well, you've already gone through all the residency and all you, know, you have so a good track record. You've kind of, <laughs> yeah, you've that kind of proved yeah. that like you're not afraid of hard work and stuff. Exactly like that. right. And uh, and then she made some suggestions. Oh, and you might want to go ahead and talk to this person, this person for referrals and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So she and Bank Nevada and the shameless plug for those guys have always been very helpful with the medical society, the Clark County mm-hmm. Medical Society, the Nevada State Medical Society. And you're actually president. You're a past president. Uh, past president of the Clark County Medical Society as mm-hmm. we, you know, you stick around long enough to give you another title, right? <laughs> and so currently I'm on the glide slope right now as I sit here today, my current hat is secretary of the Nevada State Medical Association. Awesome. So yeah, that's great. eventually at some point you'll cycle into to all of that. But, uh, but I enjoy it. I get to see medical society stuff. I get to see other guys and gals who are in medicine. And so, again, as a plastic surgeon, especially um, aesthetic, you are kind of in a silo because I don't mm-hmm. go to hospitals a lot uh, anymore. So I don't know what's going on with the pediatric folks or the OBGYN folks. Right, because you're really in your lane. Right. Much, so it's yeah. nice to kind of see, hey, what's going on in the house of medicine? Mm-hmm. And then uh, how can we best uh, help our patients and right. protect our patients? So, yeah, which is the number one priority. Yeah. What's really changed? I mean, in 20 years, it seems like the medical technology is always changing. Procedures are always changing. So a lot has changed. And then also, too, how do you keep up with all the changes? Right. So, uh, again, I had a professor, uh, Dr. Gradinger, who uh, once said, hey, Jeff, he says, uh, if you get bored in plastic surgery, you're not reading enough. Because right. there's always something new. There's a new technique. There's a new machine. There's always a new machine. There's uh, folks that are really pushing the envelope. And we really see this in microsurgery a lot. I am astounded with the reconstruction that's going on now. Microsurgery, what you do is, is, is you have a hole that you need to fill, right? What basically would really get down to it. You have a space, a gap, a hole that you need to fill uh, because they took out a tumor or there was a burn or something. Right. You're missing now you're a, kind of dealing with the aftermath. You're and, missing a piece, right. right? And so the whole idea is, is can you uh, shift some tissue into that space and make mm-hmm. it functional as well? as uh, nice looking, et cetera. Uh, and sometimes you have to take tissue from one area of the body and put it on the other. And um, so that's microsurgery or free tissue transfer. You pick it up from one place and you put it on the other, right? And so back in the day, I was doing, you know, d- during training and such, doing toe to thumbs, basically, mm-hmm. if you lost your thumb, which is basically you lost a grip on your hand. So at the Bunky Clinic up in San Francisco, shout out to the Bunky Clinic, we were doing, and they still are doing, they're taking the big toe off mm-hmm. and then transplanting it and making a thumb out of it. Oh, that's interesting. Spectacular. Yeah. And I can go yeah, on. Yeah, you got it. Your thumb is so important. Right. right. So, and I can, I can go on to the different tissues and the, the tongues or scalps sure. or this or that. But having said that, the whole thing in 20 years is, is they're transferring bigger pieces of tissue mm-hmm. on smaller and smaller vessels and it's working. And it, right. it just, it astounds me how far they're pushing that envelope and mm-hmm. how successful uh, things are going. In fact, they're getting now down into the lymphatic system, which is basically that system that uh, controls uh, swelling. Right. So for example, we've all seen folks from the 70s who these poor uh, women uh, had mastectomies. And back in those days, surgeons would go ahead and take out all of the, the lymph nodes. Now yeah. we don't have to do that. And these poor ladies, you would see them, their arm would swell up and they'd have to wear these sleeves and everything else. Nowadays, lots of folks that do that, one of, one of them is a friend of mine, Marja Majesty, she's great. And she sort of pioneered some of this, is that you take some lymphatic tissue from one place and you plug it into the lymphatics right. in another place, which 20 years ago was... Was impossible. Was, yeah, yeah, it was science fiction. And so now they're doing that more and more now. Yeah. And so, so many people have had those injuries now can go ahead, undergo those uh, surgeries and not have those swellings and not have the sequela of all right. that. So have a much better outcome. Right. Yeah. And, so, and so that's really amazing about how far 
those folks have have taken that. Mm-hmm. And and so some of that is technique, some of it it's technology, some of it is how not only during the surgery, but the prep for the surgery, mm-hmm. and then also the aftercare of the surgery. All of that is really important. And uh, I think that we're getting better and better at that. And by we, I mean, not just the surgeons, we're talking about the nurses, we're talking about occupational therapists, lymphatic therapy people, et cetera, et cetera, all up and down the line. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a team sport. You know, microsurgery is absolutely a, a team effort. Yeah. And also talking about um, breast surgeries, there's been a lot of innovation. One one of the main ones actually was the quality of the implants, right? So yeah, so things have gotten better and you can, you know, pick a, a topic in plastic surgery and thankfully most of that's gotten better in 20 years. To your point, breast reconstruction, et cetera, really has been kind of turned on its head. One, because the implants, you know, themselves are, are better and by better, I mean, the leak rate is uh, less, the infection rate is less, things are better as far as that goes. And the folks that do this all the time are really getting some terrific, terrific results and taking away a lot of that, you know, oh my gosh, how am I going to be made whole again? Because the reconstructive surgery has gotten so good. And nowadays we're talking more and more about taking both breasts off if you have the Certain genetic, right, right. If, if you have yeah. a genetic uh, predisposition. What, what, is that, what is that gene? So it's a BRCA gene. There's a few. Okay. Right. And, uh, that are kind of markers for possible. Right. And especially, especially if you have um, uh, a family history, et cetera. Sure. You know, so... So nowadays, electively taking them both off uh, or dissecting the breast tissue away, should I say, (laughs) and then going ahead and and making reconstruction and it looks really, really good. So So it just makes the whole thing less traumatic. Right. So and then we're talking about nipple sparing mastectomies. We're talking about skin sparing mastectomies, depending on what (laughs) you have going on, the stage of the the, the tumor, et cetera. And what's really interesting uh, in that realm, and and again, there are folks that that do this all uh, the time. I don't, but as I read more and talk to more of the folks about it, I was at a meeting and the technology has gotten better. What I mean by that is in the past, when we would go ahead and do a reconstruction, we would go ahead and take tissue from one place and swing it to the other. Hmm. Or nowadays they're doing the free tissue transfer, which we already talked about is taking tissue from one place and plugging it in. But the whole idea was to go ahead and cover the implant with good viable tissue, right? right. So, so, so sometimes with a free tissue transfer, you don't need an implant, which is great. Hmm. Sometimes if you're going to need a implant, the where I when I was trained is is you had to cover it with the pectoralis major muscle, which was your bench press or push up muscle, right? As Be- well as because the that's sectorius. changed quite a bit too. Right? Well, here's what yeah. changed is basically is so I'm at this meeting. There's this stuff now called acellular dermal matrix, ADM, right. which is basically dermis that, you know, is off the shelf. And yeah. so we... Skin. Right. So, so yeah, uh, it's, yeah, the strength part of skin. It's the place where you sew to and it's a mm-hmm. place where tattoo ink goes. Okay. So dermis. So, and we've used it forever, well, as well, forever, but a long time in the burn units. And mm-hmm. so now we're using it on reconstructive cases. Mm-hmm. So I was at this, you know, dinner meeting. I'm sitting there watching dinner and they're putting up the slideshow, et cetera, et cetera, PowerPoint. And this guy's talking about, oh, yeah, so we go ahead and, you know, the breast surgeon does their thing. And then we put the implant and then we put this acellular matrix on top of it. We don't even disturb the uh, muscles below. And then we go ahead and put everything together. And I was absolutely gobsmacked. Right. If, if I said that on my boards 20 years ago, that was an automatic fail come back next year. Yeah, they'd be like, so what are you talking about? I was about? <laughs> blown away. And I'm like, what? what? We're doing right. what? So I went up to the guy afterwards. I'm like, are you serious? Are you really doing That's that? That's amazing. And they're like, yeah. yeah, no, we're really doing this. And, and, and I was at the lecture and they have yeah. really good numbers. And I came back to Las Vegas and I asked my colleagues that do that. And he says, yeah, no, we're doing this and this is really That's cool. amazing. Yeah. And so, again, to your point is, is there's always something new, whether mm. it is 
uh, a new technique, whether it is a new philosophy, whether it is new technical innovation, the ADM, there's always something coming out, which really for me makes it exciting. And I love going to these meetings. And now that COVID hopefully is over, we can have big meetings again, that you can go ahead and see what's going on with the technical aspect uh, of it, because they always have this like marketplace thing where you talk to the, the reps. Also, the guys and gals that are up there giving lectures. But my favorite part of that whole thing is lunch. And the reason why I like lunch is not the box lunch, which is yeah. nice. But basically, you're usually at a table with a few guys and gals. And one guy or gals from Miami, uh, one's from Turkey, one's right. from the oddball. Because they all have different, slightly different approaches. Well, and some guy or gal will say, hey, what did you think of that last lecture? And one Guy will say, oh, I think that's great. And one gal says, no, I think that's terrible. And then they'll go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. Or one guy says, no, I was his fellow. He doesn't do it that way anymore. So, And that's where it, you can really- That interaction. And, and for me, yeah. if I go to a national meeting and if I can take away like two pearls, that's pretty awesome. And then right. I can bring them back and help my patients out a little bit. And don't you think um, also too, in that same vein, like social media, although it can be good or bad, but that also too, that that interplay between doctors- you're seeing what the, the other doctors are putting out. You kind of look, I mean, not that you accept everything that's awesome, right. <laughs> but has that helped or hindered what you do? Well, I mean, we can do that for you know an hour. Yeah, and there's uh, a, that's a big topic, I right. should say, too. But, uh, yeah. About that sort of thing. I think that getting good information out there as widely dispersed is terrific. Okay, <laughs> I, I think that, and there are good sources for that, right? So there's the American Society for Plastic Surgery. There is uh, uh, ASAP's American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. So, so those I think are the go-to places. Yeah, those are great resources uh, for for that. Uh, and then you have doctors that you can trust, who I look to also. Board certified plastic surgeons. Uh, they're you know certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. And then depending on the issue, I'll uh, absolutely listen to my uh, otolaryngology uh, friends, the ENT, the, faci- the facial plastic surgeon, <laughs> uh, surgeons, yeah, and then my dermatology uh, uh, friends as right. well. Um, and so, again, it really sort of depends on the topic and what you have uh, going on. And I think that if they really can present something well and give an argument with the reasonable science behind it, yes, that makes absolute perfect. And that you really want to get to the public. Because there's so much not great information or some folks that want to actually sell you something. So it's good to know the resources and where to go to, right? And then, of course, there's edutainment, right? So there's guys that are spinning plates and juggling and, you know, doing all that stuff. And I understand that. Um, it's kind of fighting, so, fighting for space and that, right. And that, so, yeah. so and again, you know, it's it's the world we live in, and it's and it's yep. you know short attention spans and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but having said that, is is the other thing is is then to do your research on sites that you know make sense. Again, the ASPS site, the ASAP yep. site. Uh, again, shout out to my site. We like to go ahead and put blogs on there, and I'd like mm-hmm. to think we have good information on there. And if you if you find errors or you find typos, let me know and I'll fix it. But those sort of places where you can go ahead and get good information and the more good information gets out there to the public, I think it's great. Because we try to, at least in our office, we try best we can to take the scary uh, out, exactly, right? Yeah. And because people are intimidated to go into a doctor's office, right? What brings people to a doctor with fear? Right? What's that's a lump? What's what's wrong? Okay. I can't run up a flight the steps anymore. So it's fear. And so people are not on their best day when they hit the doctor's office. So for me, we try to take the fear out or scary out in as much as I know that dark rooms are scary because there's no light on. But if you right. turn the light on exactly. and then there's a desk and a chair, like, oh, well, that's not so bad. So again, knowledge is power, but good knowledge is really powerful. 
uh, in as much as then you can say, oh, okay, well, here are my options. You know, here are my goals. Here's where I w- want to be. How do we get from point A to point B reasonably with some science background? And there's always going to be something new. There's always going to be some new machine or some new product or some new whatever. And then you have to go ahead, and I'm very much a doubting Thomas, you have to go ahead and subject it to the light of reason and the science that hopefully uh, you were taught and then say, okay, is this good for my patients? Would I use it on yeah, my, patients, my wife? Patients is always the, the main right. goal. Right? So would I use it? My litmus test in my office is would I use this on my wife or my family member? All right. Mm-hmm. And so if so, you know, if yes, then uh, algorithm, right, then, okay, well, then I'll go ahead and, and pass muster. Now, some folks are uh, early adapters and that's great. They go ahead and do, they do their thing and, you know, they get nice results and everything else. In their practice, me, I'm kind of a late adapter in as much as I kind of see, but it's just my personal conservative style, is to see how things go and kind of work out any sort of bugs first before yeah. I jump into stuff. But again, that's a style issue more than more right. than anything else. Yeah, and that, and that plays a part. I've actually been able to um, join you for some consultations. And what I really like about your consultations is you really take time. Because it seems today everybody is in such a hurry and obviously some of the practices are so busy, sometimes it's hard for them to do that. When you're talking to patients, what are like important questions they should ask the doctor in a consultation and what should they look for sure. in the consultation to get a feel for the doctor? Sure. Yeah. So I, I am not efficient. Yeah. We have uh, consultants come in and they're like, oh my gosh, you yeah, know, they like, say, so, oh yeah. Hey doc, you know, seven <laughs> minutes of patient and all that stuff. And my office staff is always, always rolling their eyes and look, you know, and yeah, all that such, but I, I can't, that's just, I'm working on it. So having said that, I think a couple of things is, is come prepared for your consultation. What I mean by that is I always like it when somebody brings a friend. Okay. So because they've done the study and most people will only take away about 30% of what yeah, the doctor says. Yeah, because they get says. overwhelmed. Right? Yeah, because I'm throwing a lot of information out at them. They probably, and I try to go ahead and not use lots of, you know, technocrat words and all that sort of thing, <laughs> but, but it's a lot of information. So, yeah. so that's, that's one. And then so they can go home with their friend. Like, did he say that? What did he mean by that? And also with, with me is, and I tell people during the consultation, like, you're probably going to have a lot of questions. Call and ask, right? So, so between myself and my staff, one of my staff's been with me 16 years. One of them's longer. One, so, yeah. so basically most, they kind of know. your staff has been there a lot. Been time, there a minute, yeah. right. So that's, yeah. a, that's a good sign. Poor people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But having said that is, so if I'm physically in the operating room, whatever, they can answer 95 more, 99% of the questions. But basically is, is, is and then come prepared. Go ahead and make sure you, you might want to go ahead and write something, something down, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Figure out what your goals are, et cetera, et cetera. And then together, we can kind of see where we're all going with that. But again, uh, one is, is are you in the right place? Meaning that if you're coming in for plastic surgery, are you in the office of a board-certified plastic surgeon? Okay, right. So that's step one, because there's few of them out there that are not, but they're doing cosmetic surgery. So And I, some of them are pretty famous. We won't, we won't name, any, right. name names. So, <laughs> right. So, so yeah. And, and they have, to your point, big uh, social media followings, et cetera, et cetera. And that's okay. But having said that, so if you're in the office of somebody, and, and again, we have, I've said this in front of the Las Vegas Plastic Surgery Society or national meetings, it says, I don't mind you know, losing, whatever that means, a patient to another board certified plastic surgeon. Because at least I know that patient is going to get taken care of. Somebody and qualified. Somebody qualified, and they're going to do typically the right thing. And if there's an issue, they're going to take care of it. What gets me is, is folks that go to somewhere who is not, and then what, what's going to happen? You know? And so, and again, like, like it says, is, is most of the time things go well, et cetera, et cetera. 
uh, until they don't. Okay, and everybody gets complications. So yeah. do I. I mean, nobody's perfect. Not even me. And the body, the human body, does what it does. Uh, my my wife reminds me that I'm not perfect a lot. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, we get we get that. Hi, honey, uh, if you're listening. Um, but having said that, is is, is yeah, and, and so you're going to get that. So one is you have to go to a guy. In my opinion, got to go to a guy or a gal that can handle complications, or better yet go ahead and recognize complications before they start. Meaning uh, with me, we're going to go over history and physical and I'm going to ask you about the medicines you're on. And so if, you know, you had a heart attack, you know, a month ago, you got to get that straightened out before going to elective surgery, right? If you're on a blood thinner, if you're on uh, fish oil, St. John's wort, there's certain vitamins that'll cause bruising and bleeding. We'll have you off uh, off of that. Smoking is yep. another one that we talk about. Uh, you know, vaping, yes, it counts, etc. And so we go over all that stuff to try to put ourselves and get our uh, ducks lined up so that we yep. can get ourselves a Best good result. Best case scenario, so everything's right. working. Yep. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Now, being in practice for twenty years, what's some of your biggest takeaways from everything with with patients, with the business? With well, I think that some things still reign true, in as much as, and and I, I talk to. Uh, kids, right? I, I talk to folks that, that want to go into medicine, right? Mm-hmm. So whether they're in college or whether they're in med school or whether they're you know, starting out in the residencies or whatever. So some things are still true. I, I think medicine is still a calling. So if you're going to go into medicine for money, get out now because it ain't going to yeah. be there. And, and whatever you're going to do, like it because some point during your career, they're going to call you at three in the morning to get up and do it. And it's a lot easier to go ahead and say, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and help this patient than if you really are dreading it, okay? Because right. yeah. that's the way that medicine, the medicine works. So, and those folks that love it, I, I think are better at it, meaning mm-hmm. they're more passionate about it. They read about it more. They talk to their friends about it more, et cetera, et cetera. They're yeah, more- just like any profession. Just like any profession. Yep. So again, you do a lot of music. It's uh, the guys that love it. They talk about it. They practice. They enjoy practice. They enjoy jamming for, you know, for no other apparent reason, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Yeah. So those are the guys that, that typically, you know, get, get better at that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, so those things I think are, are ring true. I think also like, you know, Dr. Gradinger said is, is always be learning, always be reading, always, you know, catch up, et cetera. You owe that for yourself, but you also owe that in my opinion for your, your patient as well. And so, and then also to advocate and, and again, it's my advocacy part is to advocate for the patients because again, is at the end of the day, I feel that really the physicians are the ones that are really advocating for the folks uh, against the other things that are going on in medicine. And we'd really try to put that in our, on our forefront. I still think medicine is spectacular. I think plastic surgery, I think, is a spectacular branch of medicine. And so for me, it's worked out really well. I love putting my hard hat on and picking up my lunch pail and going to, to work every day. And so for me, it, it's great. And there will be always new technology. And, and I've said this before, is, is that there's no better time in the world to technically be a doctor right now. The stuff that we can do, the stuff we can cure, the surgical stuff we can do is fabulous. It's all the other extraneous stuff that drags people down and gets people crazy and gets to burn out and all that stuff. So, so in the middle side, we're trying to go ahead and fix that part yeah. so that doctors can actually be doctors and, and actually focus on patients and do what they're supposed to be trained to do. Yep, patients first. That's always yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. always the goal. Um, can you tell people how they can uh, get a hold of you, how sure. they can reach us? So, uh, so <laughs> yeah. the, the cornerstone of this is our website, uh, which is uh, www.jjrothmd.com. And uh, so basically there, uh, we like to think that we have a whole bunch of educational material. There's more links to podcasts there. Uh, we have all sorts of things. Social media world, 
We are on uh, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and YouTube and I think MySpace and Friendster and, and <laughs> wherever else that might be. I don't might, think there is MySpace. There, there, I could be wrong. There but. might be. So honestly, we're everywhere. So yeah. And then of course, podcast, uh, what we're doing uh, today, uh, we are everywhere from Apple to uh, Podbean to Spotify to yep. everywhere. So, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. There you go. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's great to be able to reach everybody and get provide hopefully good, useful information. That's kind of our goal. And we enjoy doing this. And we have lots more episodes coming. So Absolutely. And if you have a topic or something that you would like to see or hear about, please let us know. Because uh, we've incorporated lots uh, of those in our pack, podcast and video cast. So we love answering questions. And so please ask away. Absolutely. Have a great day, everybody, and please follow us, subscribe, and we look forward to uh, offering new episodes in the future. Episodes, excuse me. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining us. For further information, please visit the podcast website link for Dr. Jeffrey Roth. See you next time.